Hello and welcome to the Personal Development School podcast. I'm your host, Thais Gibson, and I create regular podcast episodes to teach you about your relationships, attachment style, and the subconscious mind. But today we're going to discuss the fearful avoidant and the big, great fear of being controlled. Um, So I want to talk a lot about where this comes from, why it happens, and then what you can do about it, because this is something that may actually spill into many areas of your life beyond just relationships. So something that's really interesting about the fearful avoidant is one thing that we see is there is this dynamic, if you are a fearful avoidant, of having these like really strong competing associations of like wanting love, but fearing it at the same time. Where does this come from? It comes from being a childhood, being a child, being a childhood. It comes from being a child um, in childhood where you have competing um, emotional associations about your attachment bond to your caregiver or caregivers. So in other words, like let's say, for example, that you have a single parent and let's pretend that's a, a mother and let's pretend the father's not around and let's pretend that the mother is struggling with alcoholism. Um, in that situation, when, when the mother is sober or in a good mood or in a healthy space, you may feel like love and trust and care and connection that you're yearning for from that mother. So there's these like positive emotional associations to love. Um, but when mom is not sober and drinking, maybe she becomes volatile or angry or unpredictable or passes out or shirks responsibilities or becomes neglectful. And then you really don't trust mom. Mom is scary. You have to walk on eggshells. You're afraid. Well, what that does is it programs the subconscious mind of the fearful avoidant to want love and to fear it at the same time. And it's strange because you've got love, one thing, you know, attachment, connection, this thing. And And it's got these pulled associations on either side, which is why you see the anxious side of the fearful avoidant and the avoidant side of the fearful avoidant. That actually represents those competing subconscious ties or emotional associations to love, attachment, connection, et cetera. Now, what does this do to somebody in childhood? Well, it makes them have to kind of spend a lot of time walking on eggshells and become really hypervigilant, always read between the lines, always be on, always be able to sort of see what's going to happen next. Um, And there's almost this like survivalistic mentality that comes out. And we see the secondary feature of this is that there's a huge distrust component, right? If you're always changing on me, like trust, I call trust, the components of trust are the three C's. It's consistency, right? Is the person showing up consistently? If I make plans with somebody, let's just say as an example or analogy, and they are really inconsistent about showing up, I may not trust them 100% to make plans, right? Um, Congruency. You know, does somebody say something and then what they do line up? So if mom says, oh, I'm going to get sober and then mom starts drinking again in somebody's childhood, then, then you know, there's incongruency. That's going to lead to distrust. Um, and last but not least, consideration, right? So I have to feel like somebody's taking me into consideration when they're doing things, that they're looking out for me, that they have my interest at heart. And so what happens is when there's these competing associations, it almost always insinuates that there is a lack of those three C's, um, a lack of trust. And then we see whoever you don't trust, if you feel like they're infringing on you or telling you what to do or expecting something from you, there's this need to rebel as a subconscious strategy for safety. So what happens is, you know, we've got these distrust wounds, which makes us try to rebel against anything that's going to try to control us because we don't trust it, right? If somebody tries to say, hey, this is what I think you should do next in your life, but you have full, complete trust, let's say in this situation, instead you have full, complete trust, it's a mentor. This person's always looked out for you. You're going to be like, oh, I might try doing that. 
But if there is a little bit of, you know, distrust there, you might be like, I have to choose what to do. I can't trust you to, you know? So, so what happens is this creates the programming for the fearful avoidant, and then they project it out onto everything, right? It's just sort of how things tend to go. Once we have a program in our own subconscious mind, we think that that's how the world is, right? We tend to almost see like our relationship to our caregivers largely determines our worldview, believe it or not. Like attachment theory is a very powerful thing. It spills into everything um, because it's what we believe about ourselves and others and the world and closeness and connection and relationships and trust and all these like fundamental big building blocks of life. So we have this dynamic of, of fear of being controlled, distrust, right? Which makes us not want to be controlled at all. And then we've got um, some of the biggest core wounds of the fearful avoidant is feeling helpless or powerless. And when you feel like somebody's controlling you, guess what wounds are going to be pushed on? A sense of helplessness and powerlessness. And these are some really potent wounds for the FA um, and something that really has to be reprogrammed. So this is really where it comes. So um, what can you do if you struggle to feel controlled? Well, at a high level, you can really do some work on reprogramming. I am helpless. I am powerless. And you can reprogram your internal trust baseline. Okay. So you can learn to actually communicate like, or sorry, you can reprogram your internal trust baseline. Um, you can, and, and part of that is um, learning to make space for those three C's in your relationship to yourself and to ask for those things in relationships to others and set those boundaries. Boundaries are such an important part of trust because boundaries allow us to communicate our feelings and needs um, so that people can actually take us into consideration, remember, which is one of those three C's. So when we don't tell somebody, hey, this is an uncomfortable thing for me, or this is my preference, this is what I don't like, this is something I'm vulnerable about, this is something I'm totally fine with. When we don't give somebody that information, it's so much easier for them to accidentally violate our boundaries, which will then make us feel like they're controlling us, they're trying to, you know, they're not looking out for us, we can't trust them. And, and it will sort of put all these alarm bells on high alert. Um, but a lot of the time it's actually a communication issue that if we just gave somebody the appropriate information, they would actually take us into consideration better and we wouldn't feel controlled or infringed upon by somebody. Um, so anyways, I wanted to sort of talk about this. I thought it was a huge piece. Um, Dribble wouldn't one other little bonus tip is usually because sometimes you'll have a controlling caregiver in childhood as well. It can create a subconscious pattern in the relationship to self. Um, it's another reason people can become FA. And, um, and what's interesting is usually fearful avoidance, if that's part of your subconscious programming, will um, either be attracted to people who are controlling in their romantic relationships, which is a small portion of FAs, but more FAs become really controlling of themselves, how they live their life, the structure, the, the schedule, that they can sometimes have a rigidity in the relationship to themselves um, that can be extensive. And it's always just a good thing to keep in mind. Um, because our external experiences program our subconscious comfort zone, which be, which is the relationship to ourselves. Um, so if we are controlled a lot, we our subconscious relationship to ourselves becomes a controlling one. Um, and then we will become the controllers of ourselves. So anyways, that's its own separate topic. But I hope this makes sense. Thank you so much for watching and for being here. Please like, share, and subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. And if you're here watching often, I would really appreciate it. And I will see you in the next video.